Hello and welcome friends to another edition of the Jesco Bike Podcast. My name is Brian Powers and I am one of the many guest hosts here on this show. This podcast is where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. You'll hear tales from all over Ragbri Nation and really across the world. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Excited to talk to you guys today because as many of you know, this year's Ragbri route brings with it a new challenge for riders willing to travel outside the painted lines that border Iowa's great highways. Shortly after rolling out of Fort Dodge on Tuesday, riders will have the option to travel by gravel for most of the day instead of on the paved roads. The 55-mile third day of Ragbri grows to a 70-mile day with just 20 miles of those on pavement. Now, the idea of gravel on Ragbri is nothing new, and in 2015, the first gravel loop was added and it has been a part of the ride ever since. Now, around that same time, right about 2015, Redfield, Iowa native Cole Ledbetter was rediscovering his love for cycling. So, in all reality, I, I started riding heavily when I was a kid. Uh, I lived north of Redfield, and it was a couple miles into town and back every day. And I'd ride my bike every day. It would be freezing cold in the winter, and I would still be riding my bike in shorts with a big coat on. Uh, but I loved riding my bike as a kid. And then, of course, as a teen, got away from it, got a car, and then honestly, randomly saw a bike at Play It Again Sports and said, hey, I used to like riding bikes. I'll grab a bike again. Mountain bike. That'll be fun. I wonder if they have any trails around here. And then just kind of discovered the community from there. And then at that point, I decided, well, I kind of want to do this rag bride thing at some point. Like, it's always seemed cool. So I should probably get a road bike. So got a road bike then after the mountain bike. And it's just kind of snowballed from there. And then eventually got into gravel and graveler, my people. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So how long have you been doing uh, riding on gravel, I guess? When did that transition happen and how long have you been doing that? Uh, That would have been 2015 would have been when I first started getting back out on gravel. Like I started riding gravel when I was a kid because I couldn't ride on the highway. Mm-hmm. So I could ride about a quarter mile up from my parents' house on the shoulder of the highway and go to the gravel roads. And then I could ride wherever I wanted to. But it was 2015. I started with one of the shorter races, uh, the spring uh, classic down in uh, coming. And it's 32 miles for the shorter race. So kind of a good intro race. Got it. And what was it about uh, the culture surrounding gravel that that drew you that direction versus, you know, a lot of the other trail riding that happens around central Iowa? Uh, At first, I was I was definitely more in the party crowd, kind of just like to wander around to different bars and hang out with all the different rag bride teams and stuff and my teams that I had rode rag bride with. And then uh, got into gravel and got into racing, and it was it was more fun for me to turn around and have a few beers with my friends, go do a forty mile ride with twenty miles of gravel, and then come back and join them a little later on. And so it was kind of total transition of my riding out of fun 
party riding to more serious stuff. Two years, many races, and a couple gravel loops later, Cole saw an opportunity to bring together the community that drew him to gravel riding in the first place. I felt like I saw a bit of a void where there is splintered groups of people for gravel riding and stuff, but there was nothing in Iowa that really tied all the gravel riders together. There was other groups like Bike Iowa and stuff like that that would tie a lot of the other riders together and even like who's riding in Des Moines. Uh, that's another group that ties group together, but there wasn't anything uh, there wasn't anything that was for gravel cyclists. Sure. So there was people that I had ridden with that were from Northeast Iowa that didn't know people from Southwest Iowa. And my thought was, is why don't you, you should know this person, you know, like these are good people. Like we need to be able to connect this all together. And on top of that, we have just an incredible wealth of knowledge through the gravel community. Uh, We have some serious racers out there. Uh, They've done some amazing things and they're more than willing to give their information and all their knowledge out. And so why not create a place where all those people can connect and then a safe place to where somebody who's brand new can ask a question about what tire pressure should I be running? And some other groups on Facebook, people jump all over them like, how do you not know this? And I wanted to create that spot where you could be getting information from somebody who's completed the Tour Divide or the Race Across America or any of the other big events. And that was kind of a cool idea. And it's worked out amazingly, actually. Yeah, it's a really lively group. So if, if anybody isn't part of it or wants to become part of it, Iowa Gravel Project on Facebook, um, I'm looking at it now, and it's got 1.6 thousand members, according to and Facebook at the moment. It was kind of funny. I was actually looking at some of the statistics earlier today. Uh, we're up to 24% women awesome. in the group. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, one of the coolest ones that I've seen, out of those almost 1,600 members, I think it was somewhere around 1,400 were active in the last month. Wow. That's so great. not many groups are that active. Yeah. You can get in here and get into it and get some resources because it can be kind of intimidating to ride on gravel for the first time where there's there's not a bar or a stop or um, you know a fix-it station every 10 miles. Oh, I I totally understand because, again, coming from somebody who – my first day of my first rag bribe was my longest ride I had ever done. Wow. And it was like 67 miles that day on road. And like then going to my first time doing a metric century on gravel. And that is a significant, significantly harder thing to do. Mm-hmm. And going into that, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, like you're, what's going to happen after 30 miles, you know, like I've only done 40 miles before, you know, what's going to happen after this. And it's kind of, it, that's the fun part for me is all the learning curves. Mm -hmm. Like you start out doing that and get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
And then a lot of the races now, including the race that I'm going to run for a second year this year, uh, the Redfield Rock and Roll, uh, has a 50K, a 100K, and a 200K. So that 50K is a nice beginner race. And then you get up to the 100K, and that's more the racer's race. And then you get up to the 200K, and honestly, it's the people that kind of like punishing themselves. (laughs) So it's, it's cool to see a lot of races coming up to where it's catering to some of the newer people, too. Yeah. And this past year has been a really great example of people picking up a bike, for the first time in a long time, or, you know, you know, maybe even just picking up a bike for the first time period and really getting out and enjoying the trails that we have around here in Des Moines and in Iowa, but, but really across the country, everyone's getting into cycling as a way to get outside. Um, even while we're in a pandemic. Um, but over the past two decades, specifically the rise of gravel riding can really be seen on the shelves of bike shops. Uh, you know, you look, Uh, at the tires on the bikes that are on the shelves there, and they're getting wider and wider and wider. Bikes are getting more and more comfortable and becoming a little bit more accessible than just maybe a strict carbon racing road bike. The numbers are also swelling on the starting lines of gravel races around the country. And I think maybe the best example of that is Unbound Gravel, which in 2006 saw 34 racers tow the line in Emporia, Kansas for the marquee 200-mile event. Now, this goes through the Flint Hills of Kansas, and fast forward to 2019, and 2,750 riders were picked out of a lottery to race either a 25-mile, a 50-mile, 100, 200, or 350-mile course. So people are interested in riding more off-road and and exploring different areas. I think that trend's going to continue for the next several years, and it may may be here for good. No stranger to gravel and off-road riding. Ragbride director Dieter Drake believes the trend is here to stay. You see the Tour de France and some of the, the, the big pro races are adding a lot more gravel, the Strada Bianchi, all those big events are getting more and more popular every year um, because people, you know, people could identify with it. You know, they want to they wanna be, be part of that scene. They want to be out in the countryside riding bikes wherever they, wherever they can. So it just opens up. Um, yeah, I don't see that trend slowing down at any time soon i think it's i think it's probably here to stay you know with our with our fall event that we're going to do in iowa uh, in iowa falls the great fall ride that's going to have a a day of gravel for example so we wouldn't do that unless we thought it would be a popular thing so um it's uh i think gravel is here to stay honestly it's it's uh it's such a great new format that didn't exist 10 years ago and here you know we were talking about riding skinny tires on gravel roads those days are over we're, we're here to ride gravel bikes and have fun and race or not race i mean it's out we're out there to see the countryside explore new areas so i mean transitioning then into ragbri and you know obviously this being the first year for years we've had a gravel loop day um right. that was you know a 20, 30 miles in addition to, or an optional loop to what the regular road ride was. Um, and today, day three goes from Fort Dodge to Iowa Falls, I believe, if right. off the top of my head, I'm remembering it right. And there's a gravel yeah. option uh, this year, sure. which is awesome. Um, can you talk about how that came to be this year and kind of how it was approached to you and why you decided to, to go to offer that a whole day this year? 
Yeah, uh, a couple things. Um, obviously, you know, Ann, uh, Ann at Head Cycling has been a, a partner around the gravel loop in the past, and she's just been fabulously supportive of all things uh, around that. And uh, and then also I talked with our mutual friend Cole Ledbetter at the Isle Gravel Project about uh, the prospect of, hey, basically it was at 11 o'clock at night. Hey, Cole, via Facebook Messenger, what do you think about this idea? You know, because I thought, you know, people are riding more gravel these days and, you know, not everybody's into it. I get it. Um, but uh, we thought that Cole and I thought, hey, this this could be fun. And I bounced around our team with, you know, all of our uh, staff at RAGBRAI. What do you think about this? This might be a fun thing. Logistically, we can pull it off. But because so many people, as we talked about, so many people are riding gravel bikes these days, um, it just made it seemed like it made more sense to have a full gravel day option against a purely an optional day if you want to do that gravel portion to uh, to kind of capture that excitement and then explore different parts of Iowa that aren't paved roads. You know, and there's some, as you know, there's fabulous parts of Iowa that are not paved, and that's the that's obviously why. The Iowa Gravel Project is around, and and Colas has such a great following with that because you know people want to try different things. The same discussion, so that's that's just it. I mean, with with all the events that I've ever produced in in the past, and there's been a bunch of them, um, I've always changed something each year. So Batkill, for example, for the first four, 15 years of it, um, had a different course every single year. Uh, again, uh, because there's so many roads in that area that we could choose, pick and choose. But there were so many, there's so many different options. So uh, same inspiration here. I, I thought we're going to try something different here this year and give it a shot. Um, it's um, again, they're going to. It's a fabulous part of Iowa with so many, so many, uh, you know, unexplored gravel roads. Cole's actually gone out and ridden part of this route that we're actually going to going to be implementing this year. Um, it's close to Des Moines, where people can ride up from Des Moines for that day option if they want, and and uh, and ride the gravel for that day between, as you said, Fort Dodge and Iowa Falls. So it's going to be, uh, we think it's going to be really popular. Um, it's going to take a little bit of a logistical. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge in terms of support because there's not a lot of not a lot of towns uh, in there, but they do come back to Webster City for the meeting town and they can continue. So that's uh, that's one option. But we'll be putting out some aid stations and things like that, and some, some maybe some motorcycle support to support those folks. Awesome. And so along the along the route there, I mean, gravel can have gravel. The word in terms of cycling tends to represent a wide range of road surfaces you can have everything from you know just kind of what you'd find on the side of a paved street that kind of hard packed basically chunky sand all the way up through you know what is essentially a small rock field (laughs) Um, so what i mean what would people what can people expect to find on these gravel roads that they're going to be riding on i mean obviously it's tough to predict the actual road conditions right but for somebody trying to decide, well, what what should I ride on this, or can I ride this on my road bike? Do I need to bring a different bike? What can somebody expect to find on those yeah. on those roads? Yeah, we're probably going to recommend people either ride a, a road bike or a a gravel bike or a mountain bike. Um, but in terms of what to expect, here's a story for the tour of the Bad Kill. We talked about that a little bit. So the history of that. So I used to go to all the town meetings, and the DPW department would kind of have a a say on on the the route and uh kind of the road conditions and they would always ask me uh do you want us to treat the roads do you want us to do you want us to grade them now and i said no because that's part of the adventure people people will get what they get because this is where we live and i lived in that area 
And whatever it is, it is. It's great. You know, maybe not. It's probably a good idea not to grade a couple of days before the race. That would be fabulous. But otherwise, um, let it let it let it be so. And whatever happens, happens. And uh, people understand that, you know, especially after a number of years with that event, anything can happen. So, um, but what can they expect? Uh, probably all the above. I mean, there's some there's some great roads on that on that route that are that are you know more or less like pavement probably, but a lot of it you know could be pretty chunky and and uh, and rough. So expect all of it. So uh, as as Cole would say, he loves the B roads, and uh, we don't have any B roads on this particular route, but um, we think it's going to just going to be an exciting um, an exciting little loop to uh, to enjoy. The chances are they won't be hiking a bike chances are they won't be hiking a bike yeah yeah so i'm not, I'm not that cruel <laughs> <laughs> although i have been accused of that in the past but it's it's uh it'll be an adventure let's just put it that way well it seems like a really good way for somebody who has heard a lot about gravel um but hasn't necessarily taken the leap to do it for yeah. you know, it can be a lot if you're not used to it to be out in the middle of nowhere versus on a trail somewhere where you know that there's going to be stops along the way stops, um right. So in this case, it seems like it'd be really great because there'll be support along the route. There'll be stops. There'll be lots of other people on the roads with you. So if something does happen, it's pretty easy to get help. Find your way back to somebody or something that can help you. For sure. Yeah. Again, it's it's a fairly remote part of uh, the route this year. Obviously, there's not there really aren't any towns on that, the, at least the second part of it after Webster City. Um, so we're going to be putting up eight stations. Again, we'll probably have some motorcycle support and obviously sag wagons and things like that. So nobody's going to get lost. Nobody's going to get left unsupported. And we think it's going to be popular. And again, uh, it could be two or 3,000 people doing that this year. We'll see. Um, but uh, it, uh, it I, I think it's just going to be a popular option because it is close to Des Moines, obviously. So people go, if you want to Travel bike, run over to Bike World or any of the bike shops in in Des Moines and and uh, sneak up there that day. It should be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, what's the feedback you've been hearing from it, from the community? Oh uh, yeah, all um, yeah. So when I kind of let it slip, uh, maybe on social media somewhere that we might might be doing something like this, everybody was panicked that we, they would be forced to be, to do gravel, <laughs> right? So no, the answer is no to that. And there's always you know, Ragbri is a paved paved ride. Um, but if you want to try this, you know, this is this is this is the fun addition this year. But it's been real, real positive since. I think it, there's a lot of buzz around it. Um, gravel already has a buzz. So and, and Cole, like I said, has been doing a great job promoting gravel in the state of Iowa. So, um, you know, we're relying on the excitement there really to, to, to kind of springboard us into the new gravel thing. So it's it's uh, we, we think it's going to be fun. Uh, like I mentioned, head cycling has been a huge supporter. We had a conversation with Ann over there, and uh, we think it's just going to be uh, they're excited about it. So we've got a lot of sponsors that are interested in being a part of it as well. It seems like a really good coming together of, of two awesome communities. You know, Ragbrae has a really yeah. great following, a great community surrounding it. Um, people are usually pretty supportive of questions. How do I Ragbrae? What do I pack? What do I bring? What do I ride? And then the sure. gravel world has its own culture surrounding it, its own support system through it, and people ride gravel for that for that vibe, for that feeling. Right. Um, and this seems like a really awesome merging of those two communities. Yeah, there's so many, and as you know, I mean, in the midst of this whole episode the last last year or so with the pandemic and COVID-19, so many more people are riding bikes now than the history of time. And a lot of a lot of those people are riding gravel. A lot of those people are riding paved roads. Um, and getting those people together has has just been rewarding. Yeah, but again, Cole's the inspiration behind all of that. So um, 
if we can we can marry up those two communities and you're right there is a little bit of divide there but i think if we can marry up those communities and talk get them in the same room and talk in the same language and being in the same places and and maybe even riding the same bikes that day it should be it should be fabulous you know we think it's just going to be really exciting and from cole's perspective he seems to be hearing much the same thing as dieter most everybody I have been in contact with is pretty excited about it. Uh, there's definitely even been uh, talk even on the gravel project page about uh, the next day. Uh, there's a gravel route that's already been drawn up and everything, too. So there's people talking about doing gravel the next day as well. That's cool. Well, I mean, they're, they're a huge community here and they also like Ragbri. <laughs> I, and I mean, there's not a small percentage of people that ride out to the ride or also you know ride north or south of the ride as well during that week so um it seems like a really good a really good option if one day of gravel isn't enough for you to just keep on track absolutely (laughs) um it also seems like a really awesome coming together of communities from you know the gravel community that you have helped facilitate come together under one roof on that facebook page um, but also the ragbrack community. It's really cool because uh, so on uh, some of my racing adventures that I've had, my ragbrack team has always been the ones that are out supporting me. There's so much momentum around around people getting it outside. We've seen it with ragbrack. I mean, registration is way up. I mean, pound for pound, it's way up versus last year at this time or even in any other year. So people are excited about getting out and riding bicycles together and being just being together. Something else these two cycling communities also have in common is their ability to drive investment into smaller and more rural towns. Whether it's bringing 20,000 riders through a town of 1,000 people on one day or a steady stream of riders throughout the year, as is the case for many towns along popular gravel routes, the cash flow from hungry and, let's be honest, usually thirsty cyclists provides a much-needed stimulus grassroots races that's that's what's going to build gravel and that's what's also going to uh, build our image in the communities because a lot of these communities like they don't have much going on Mm. you know and like including (laughs) my hometown of redfield there's not much going on in the town they have their yearly festival and that's about it and uh, it was kind of cool to get feedback from some of my friends that randomly ran into me during the day of race directing. And they were excited when I told them about it. They're like, oh, that would be cool if you could get that to like start up here. Like you should you should definitely do that. And that was from people that would never have had any interest whatsoever in a cycling race in their town sure. years ago. But it's there's so many races that are featured around little small towns that no one's going to go there any other reason, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like there aren't many reasons to go to Redfield, Iowa. Uh, there's not many reasons besides the Axe Murder House to go to Villisca, Iowa, except you have a great race there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of cool to see that part of the community the like part that's going to bring up some of the other communities because we we may not be bringing in huge amounts of money into the community or something but 100 riders through a 900 person community that's you know that's a decent amount Mm -hmm. and if you could make it bigger 
that's even better. So I, I think that'll actually, weirdly enough, help save small town <laughs> Main Street, Iowa. Sure. Let's hope that's the case, and let's hope that as more people have ventured out on bicycles in 2020, even just a few of them have escaped down a road less traveled and learned the farmer wave. If you have any great gravel stories or have any questions about Ragbri this year, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We really appreciate you listening today and always, and you can always learn more about Just Go Bike over on our website at justgobike.net. Or you can always reach out to us too on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Just Go Bike. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. <laughs>